Hello everybody, this is Logan, editing Logan I should say. I didn't realize this until after I was almost about ready to I upload the show pretty much, that I didn't record with a mic. I had the mic plugged in, but I didn't flip the little switch that said record with the microphone. So the audio doesn't sound great, but it's still a good show, so I hope you still listen to it, but I wanted to add this in if you feel like the audio sounds weird. And with that being said, enjoy the show, I'll see you all on Friday. Cue the intro. I know you like that. You want to try that. Hello, one and all, and welcome back to the Logan Blackman Show. It has been a while since we have recorded a show here for the podcast. It's been a very, very long time. In fact, it's been so long, it has been since December 16th, which I recorded it on the 15th. So it has been a while since we have done a show here, and we've got a shit ton of things to talk about today. It might surprise you since... We haven't been a, we haven't done a show since last year. <laughs> uh, stupid jokes aside, we are here. We are back. I can talk normally. This is the most normal I have talked in probably since that last show or the show before the one that we record on the 14th. So the one that came out on the 15th when it was Josh Allen, Bills Mafia, and the media. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of stuff that has gone on since then. So for those of you who don't know. I talked about it a little bit in the last show. I was going through a procedure to get a bone graft done. So basically, they were going to take a bone out of my chin, because I don't have a lot of bone. Usually they take it out of your jaw, but I don't have a ton of bone in my jaw, so they took it out of my chin, like a little rectangular piece, and shoved it up into my gums. So my fake tooth, which has been fake since, what, sixth grade or something like that? is now starting to become a little bit more real than it has ever been since I knocked it out running into the dresser and then proceeded to hang myself on a basketball net. So my mouth was really swollen. I had a ton of stitches in my mouth. Stitches are starting to finally fall out. I don't really have a lisp anymore. The roof of my mouth's a little swollen still, but you know what? It's whatever my stitches are coming out in the bottom part. I still can't fully extend my mouth all the way on the bottom, but my top, the teeth, um, the stitches on the top part of my mouth are, I would guess, like 95, 96% gone, which is a good thing. So I can now finally do a show. We put a fake tooth in, the little uh, bridge thing that we did that I talked about in the last show. I'm pretty sure I talked about it again. It's been, it's been a while since we have done this show. It's been a while. This show's going to go out on the 6th. The last show that we did came out the 16th of December. That is a long time. So one would think, oh Logan, you're probably really rusty. <laughs> no, I never get rusty. Okay, maybe a little bit. If I took months off, then I'd probably get a little rusty, but no. You know what? We're not. And we've got exciting stuff to talk about because the playoffs are here for the NFL. The seating is already done. We'll go through my preseason predictions to see how we did comparatively to the real life stuff that happened, and in hindsight, I would wish 
that I would have told Logan that recorded the video back in either August or September to keep the first predictions. Because the first predictions, at least the ones that I can remember, because there's a few of them where like, like stick in your head. We're like, oh yeah, I should have definitely done that one. But then there's others that are like, okay, good job changing it. Which I, for some of the, wor the worst teams in the NFL, probably been closer with the first one, but maybe not that close at all because we weren't really that good this year. Like last year was, I would consider, a pretty good success. Like we rank it out of if you're one away or 100% on, you get a green. That's great success. Yellow is two away, over two is, well, on Google, on, um, Google Drive or Google Docs, Red don't really work. So, for the highlighting, you can't really see the text. So, we do orange. So, it's green, yellow, orange. And I will go through my grading system at the end of that. Once we're done, we've got head coach firings that happened on Black Monday. A lot of people's favorite time of the year. And then I've been working on a list for uh, coaching positions for throughout, like, two, three weeks ago. We've been working on the coaching thing forever. And we're not surprised at all. By who anybody they got fired. Everybody that got fired deservingly got fired. I think we can all agree on that. There's not one coach who's like, wow, I can't act, I can't believe they got fired. What? There's no real surprises this year. There's not that odd surprise. Like when Jim Caldwell got fired from Detroit. It's like, oh wow, that's a little surprising. They just went nine and seven. And now they have a top ten pick in the draft. Wouldn't really have that. There, it's just a lot of weird stuff's going on right now. The only surprising one, if you even want to call it surprising, I guess, was um, no, none of them. None of, none of them are surprising. None, zero. There's none that's surprising. I think we have a a possibility of one with a coach coming in. So I've got coach predictions along with the quarterbacks of the teams. But for teams that are either a going to draft a quarterback or are going to move on from the other quarterback, and we don't have a real deciding factor on what the quarterback situation is going to be on that team, we're just going to say N.A., not applicable. Because I'm going to do a mock draft of the top 18 teams, because 18, 1 through 18, is locked in. That draft position is done, finalized. We know where they're going to be picking. It's the playoff teams that we don't know yet. So we're going to do like, if you really want to call it a mock draft, I guess it is technically, but it's not a full one. We're going to do the first full one the day after the Super Bowl, which is sometime in February, if I remember correctly. So then we'll know the exact order of the team's drafting instead of making predictions about what's, who's going where. And we'll do a full playoff prediction thing come Friday. We'll talk about the playoffs, obviously, today because the playoffs got decided Sunday night. And now we sit here with some controversial stuff, possibly, depending on how you look at it, coming out of Philadelphia. But... You know what? The playoff field is set. Now that we can do about it now. And congratulations to the Washington football team in making it to the playoffs. They are the third team in Super Bowl history, Super Bowl era, I guess I should say, that is a division winner that finished under 500. And if you remember, the Seattle Seahawks were the first one. That was the Beast Quake against the New Orleans Saints. That was when the Seahawks had that 7-9 record. Marshawn Lynch carried the Seahawks to a victory over, uh, I can't remember the Saints were, they were 10-6. Because I remember at the time, while I watched that game on our big, big fat old TV in the living room, and going, wait, the Seahawks have the better, worst record. Why are the why are the Saints away? Why are the Saints at home? And my dad explained because the Seahawks won their division. So that's how we did it. Uh, the Panthers, 
my, one of my favorite stats in NFL history, like one of my little party trick things that no one really believes until they actually look it up, that the Carolina Panthers, throughout their history, they've been around for, what, 25 years? I think that's accurate, somewhere around there. They've never had back-to-back winning seasons. Even after the 15-1 team that Cam won the MVP and they went to the Super Bowl, they finished like 6-10 and the next year. Panthers have never had back-to-back winning seasons, which is ridiculous to think about. Cause you, you would think you'd carry on success. The Falcons, they're kind of similar in that too, but they've had back-to-back winning seasons. In the Matt Ryan era, they can go from 13-3 one year to 4-12 the next year because I'm pretty sure that's what happened one of the years Matt Ryan's been the quarterback for the Falcons. But will he move on from Atlanta? Time will tell on that. They're getting a new head coach and GM, Bill O'Brien. He can interview for both jobs. So Atlanta, look how well he did in Houston, giving the double bird to Deshaun Watson, and hire him as your GM slash head coach. Or go to Jacksonville. Some of the Jaguars would do. Detroit, I think they'd willingly take Bill O'Brien as their uh, play uh, head coach, GM, whatever. I bet they'd be willing to do that. Or if I'm Bill O'Brien, I just go back to college. He had that one good year in Penn State. Might as well go back, get with the college ranks. I think that's more his level anyways. He's not really fit to be a GM, and he sucks as a head coach in the NFL. College coach, maybe it'll work out better. Like, Nick Saban didn't work out in the NFL. If we want to go to basketball, Rick Pitino didn't work out in the NBA. Coaching the Celtics. I think John Calipari even coached the NBA for a short while. That didn't work out either. So, like, sometimes... Know your level. And that's not saying anything bad about people that coach at college because those dudes make bank regardless. And it's a, some would argue it's a harder job than the NFL because the NFL, you get that offseason. College head coaches, you're really on the grind 12 months of the year trying to recruit people to come to your team because your team changes every year, really. The NFL, you can have consistency in your team and you're locked in the players for at least four years, hopefully five for some teams depending on how good their rookie is. But yeah, we will get to more in-depth on that. we got NFL awards coming up too. Those will obviously come up closer to the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, and then we got the Heisman. Heisman ceremony is taking place tonight, which is Tuesday, January 5th. Uh, obviously, the show will get put out Wednesday, January 6th. So you will know the correct outcome of the Heisman Trophy ceremony. I will not. But... I think it's pretty much unanimous when you look around the national media with Kyle Trask getting outperformed in the SEC championship game and sucking in the Sugar Bowl. Was that the bowl game they played against Oklahoma? He didn't get it. Matt Jones doesn't do anything necessarily impressive to win it. And Trevor Lawrence, sadly, though I believe he is the best player in college football, he missed a lot of time through COVID. No fault of his own, he missed time. And I still think, regardless... He's the best player in college football. You cannot tell me that either Trask or Jones are a better player than Trevor Lawrence. But one dude that's in this race deserves it. And his name is Devontae Smith. He is going to, he should be the Heisman Heisman champion. What do you want to call it? <laughs> the Heisman Trophy winner. Okay. It's Yeah, here's a little factoid from ESPN. Uh, the Heisman Trophy is meant to honor the country's most outstanding player, but has historically gone, mostly gone to quarterbacks and running backs. From 73 to 83, only running backs won it. From 84 to 2000, the winners were nearly split with eight quarterbacks and six running backs. 
as well as Charles Woodson. In that span, Tim Brown in 87 and Desmond Howard in 91 became the only two wide receivers to win the award. Johnny Rogers, a multi-position player who was listed as a receiver, also won in 72. Since 2001, signal callers have dominated. There have been 16 quarterbacks, three running backs, and one obvious receiver snub, Larry Fitzgerald, in the year 2003. But yes, uh, I think we're going to break that down. I think we're going to break that record of consistently being quarterbacks and give the Heisman Trophy to, other than Trevor Lawrence, the most outstanding player in college football, which is Devontae Smith from Alabama. He is by far, well, he is making Alabama go. That dude is an amazing wide receiver. And Jamar Chase must be, I mean, you're obviously entitled to your opinion about sitting out this season like Jamar Chase did and a lot of other LSU players did. Jamar Chase going into the offseason was the reigning Blitnikoff Award winner, which is the award for the best wide receiver in college football. Do you think he's upset that he sat out, or do you think his draft stock would have been hurt worse if he played because of LSU's rotating quarterback thing and LSU's lack of real anything on their team? Derek Stingley was out most of the year through injury, their best, probably the best cornerback in the country, but he was injured most of the year. And obviously losing 90, felt like 90% of their starters last year to the NFL draft. Look at Burrow. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Justin Jefferson, uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, uh, Thaddeus Moss, all on the offensive side. Uh, Thaddeus Moss didn't get drafted. Uh, Clavon Chison got drafted. Patrick Queen got drafted. There's a lot of LSU players that got drafted in this last draft. And you're bound to have a bad year. So I don't want to see a lot of people bashing the LSU Tigers this year. You lost, you lost pretty much your entire roster. It's going to be hard to do the things you did last year, because that's the greatest college team I've ever seen. Joe Burrow had the greatest season I've ever seen from a college quarterback ever. I love Joe Burrow. I've never loved a team that I had zero, could care less about previously. I've never loved a team more than LSU. That team was so fun to watch, and they did everything so cool and so smooth, and they weren't like big-name recruits. Joe Burrow was a backup at Ohio State because he broke his wrist, and then was going to transfer to North Carolina because Trubisky went there. Ohio kid, talked to Trubisky about transferring there, wanted to go to Nebraska, but they said, <laughs> oh, thank you, Scott Frost, for existing. That's all I've got to say about that. <laughs> that. Who's he? Is he better than anybody we have on the roster? Andrew Martinez is the 10th-year Heisman Dark Horse. Oh, thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for Scott Frost. And then he goes down to LSU, which was a place where quarterbacks really went to die. There's not really a lot of great college quarterbacks coming from LSU in the 21st century. Matt Flynn is probably the best one, won a national championship, had a decent career in the pros. Uh, obviously, the one that gets talked about the most, Jamarcus Russell, first overall pick, one of the biggest busts, if not the biggest bust in NFL draft history. Uh, Justin Jefferson's brother, I think Jordan Jefferson was his name. There's not a lot of really good quarterbacks that came through the LSU system. And then Joe Burrow coming in, no one really expected him to do anything. It was really just... Why the hell did you come here, essentially? But, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it worked out. It worked out. You won a natty. You got drafted number one overall by a team that you, from the state you, you are from. So, I don't think he's feeling too bad about himself.
But if we look past, like, and you look at the winning percentage yet, 93.8% of the votes. Good Lord, 93.8. If we look at back at the history of the Heisman Trophy, the closest one that I can see, and I'm scrolling back, I'm in the 90s now, 93.8. I'm pretty confident that's the biggest margin of victory in Heisman Trophy history. And I think Troy Smith has the second, if I remember correctly. Yeah, we're all the way back. Yeah, it's Joe Burrow was far and away the best player in college football last year and far and away the greatest season I've ever seen as far as college quarterbacks are concerned. Obviously, as I said, Troy Smith, uh, Reggie Bush, it's vacated, but we're counting anyway. I don't care if it's vacated, it's Reggie Bush. still played the game. I don't care if he took money. He still played. It's not like they say vacated, like, if they took the banners away from Michigan, from the Fab Five, they didn't take away the thing that still happened. It's not like you just bring, you did the men in black thing and zapped everyone's memories. Everybody still remembers that. It's not like, oh, whoa, you took it away. Who won the Heisman in 2005? Who won it? Oh, no one did. Obviously, that was the year it was vacated. Who won the Heisman? No one does that. Everybody knows it was Reggie Bush. But looking back, quarterback, last year, quarterback, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Derrick Henry in 2015, Mariota, Winston, Manziel, RG3, Cam Newton, Mark Ingram, Sam Bradford, Tim Tebow, Troy Smith, Reggie, Matt Leiner, Jason White, who a lot of people don't know. I think he's the only Heisman Trophy winner to go undrafted because he had no cartilage in his knees. He had no knees, essentially. I think he might. I'm pretty confident he's the only one that's. Never been. I think he's the only one that's gone undrafted. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty confident that. And then Carson Palmer, Eric Crouch from Nebraska, and Chris Winkie, who was like 50 years old when he won the Heisman. So who cares? And the one with Carson Palmer, it's under scrutiny because Brad Banks should have won it that year. But we're not going to talk about Brad Banks. We're not going to talk about Brad Banks. But I think, what, the streak of five, four quarterbacks in a row winning the Heisman, I think that's over. Uh, it's going to go to Devontae Smith. I'm fairly confident in saying that. You can watch Mac Jones. Nothing Mac Jones does goes, wow. Like, when you watch, when you look back at those last four quarterbacks that won Heisman trophies, Lamar, Baker, Kyler, and Joe Burrow, all of them had moments like, wow, that's the best player in the country. Wow, look at that. No one else can do that. Mac Jones is an average quarterback, essentially. At the college level, anyways. I didn't really like him coming into the season, but I was just... We talked about how Bryce Young, five-star recruit, decommitted from USC, went to Alabama, and it was like... We talked about that during the offseason. Like, I think Bryce Jones is Bryce Young is better, but Mac Jones didn't really do anything to lose the starting job. It was kind of like... He didn't lose it. It was pretty much a similar situation to that of Jake Fromm and Justin Fields. Jake Fromm just went to the national championship game. He didn't do anything to lose the job. Everybody knew that Justin Fields was the superior quarterback to Jake Fromm. Everybody knew that. Justin Fields, I think, was the number... He, well, he might have been the number one recruit in the nation. It was either him or Lawrence. They were one and two for a long time, and they kept flipping throughout that offseason. And Justin Fields played sparingly. But obviously, they're not going to give away the job to Fromm who just went in a natty. Difference in Clemson, Kelly Bryant wasn't very good. He got carried by Clemson to go to the natty. Jake Fromm 
put them in positions to win games. Kelly Bryant didn't do that. That's why he ended up at Missouri, and they're going undrafted. Everybody knew Trevor Lawrence was going to win win that job. Jake Fromm went to the Natty, almost should have beat Alabama, but remember who beat Alabama? Tua and some freshman named Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith is awesome. You watch him play, he does stuff where you go, wow. Trask has more moments where you could go, wow, that's an amazing throw. Go back and watch Kyle Trask versus Arkansas. Go watch his touchdown throws against Arkansas. Some of the numbers he put up. Now, forget the Sugar Bowl, because I know that's what everybody's going to remember, because it was the last game he played. It's going to affect his draft stock a little bit. The fact that he's not extremely mobile doesn't help me either. But his arm talent is a lot better than that of Jones. But Devontae Smith, 1,600 yards, 20 receiving touchdowns, averaged 15.6 yards per reception. This is a season coming off of where he led Bama in receiving again. They had two first-round wide receivers that year. And Devontae Smith led them in receiving. And with, I know people are going to bash on Tua. And rightfully so. He looks like freaking Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> so for those of you who are upset that the Bills got rid of Tyrod Taylor, would you have Tua as your franchise quarterback? Really? Because I watched him play against the Bills, and the Dolphins were favored by three and a half against the Buffalo Bills. Because I'm assuming every, the, line spread, the line makers were like, the Bills are going to rest their starters. The Bills did not do that. They were mean to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick had COVID or got had a positive test or something, so he couldn't play. So Reed Sinnott was the backup. And I think Tua got a little shaky there because he had a quarterback as good as Reed Sinnott sitting behind him. I think that got him a little nervous. Brian Flores was, I saw Reed go over there a few times and say, hey, Tua, good luck out there. Wink. And then Tua would run out there and he goes like, oh, God, I'm, I shat his pants. It's like, man, if I don't do good. And then Brian Flores would probably did the same thing that John Harbaugh did with Lamar Jackson against the Chargers. If you remember that game, Chargers versus Ravens, first round of the playoffs, Lamar's rookie year. Lamar sucked for about... 75% of the game. And then he comes in the fourth quarter and starts playing well. Everybody on Twitter is screaming to put Joe Flacco in. But John Harbaugh and Brian Flores alike. And remember, dating back to the draft, it was noted that Brian Flores wanted Justin Herbert. He didn't want Tua. But the front office was like, we want Tua. That was the whole goal the entire offseason. Brian Flores, as far as I can remember, wanted Justin Herbert. And they're going to be connected forever. And it's, it's, if it works out for Tua, fair play. But after what I saw Saturday, uh, Sunday against the Bills, there's not really a lot that he does where you go, wow. He's decently accurate. I won't take that away from him. But I don't know. It also didn't help that his receivers dropped like 10 balls in that game, it felt like. Devontae Parker dropped balls. Ford dropped balls. Uh, Gusecki sometimes dropped a ball. Sometimes. So if I'm the Dolphins, who have the third overall pick, when Devontae Smith wins the Heisman, and I know, again, I'm recording this at 2.52 Tuesday afternoon. The Heisman Trophy ceremony is what? some It's sometime tonight. But if somehow Jones, Trask, I would get more Lawrence than the other two. 
Trevor Lawrence is the best player in college football. But once Devontae Smith wins it, I would be shocked if he wasn't the first wide receiver taken on in the NFL draft. The thing that will hurt him, he's 175 pounds. And he looks that soaking wet. I don't think he weighs 175 pounds. I bet he weighs somewhere around 160. If you look at him on the sidelines, dude is a freaking bean pull. That hasn't affected him. Plays in the SEC. Hasn't hurt him yet. But that could come back to bite him. If you look at some of the pictures of him standing on the sideline, he looks very, very tiny. But his route running, his ability to make plays after the catch, makes him pretty hard to pass up if you're in the Miami Dolphins. He was Tua's favorite target while at Bama. It's noted in the national championship, Tua threw the game when he touched down to Devontae Smith. And then last year, with Devontae Smith leading the Crimson Tide in yards while only getting 68 receptions that season. 68. He had 37 more, or 30, yeah, 37 more catches this year than he did last year. That's ridiculous. He's still, he is a baller. I would be shocked if Devontae Smith doesn't win the Heisman. If you look at Bama's last five games, Devontae Smith has over 130 yards receiving in every game minus one. He has at least two touchdowns in every game minus one. And that's all in the same game against Arkansas, which I'm assuming he got pulled at halftime. At least I assume. I, I doubt he played that entire game. They won 52-3. Against Auburn, 171 yards, two touchdowns. Against LSU, granted, without Derek Stingley, without a starting safety, you got hurt or target. I can't remember what happened to him, but 230 yards and three touchdowns. Florida, the SEC Championship game, 184 yards, two touchdowns. Against Notre Dame, 130 yards receiving, three touchdowns. Nothing that the other players, other than Lawrence and Trask on certain occasions, but he's not going to win the Heisman. He got outdueled by Mac Jones in the SEC Championship game. He threw three picks in the first half against Oklahoma. Trask did not win the Heisman, but I do think he makes a lot better plays than Mac Jones. That's just in my opinion. You could be whatever about that, but I'm pretty confident Mac Jones, I know he has Kyle Pitts, but if he had Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle for at least half the season like Mac Jones did, I think he'd feel pretty good about himself. <laughs> But I'm just going to take this time to congratulate Devontae Smith on winning the Heisman. Baller, uh, if I'm the Dolphins, reunite him and Tua. You got two tackles last year's draft. Robert Hunt from Louisiana Lafayette, I believe. And obviously Austin Jackson, first-round pick from USC. You're going to have some time to figure things out there. But I would go after Devontae Smith if I'm the Dolphins. Devontae Parker... Would be a very good number two option. I don't know if he's a pure number one option. He's a number one option on a bad team. No, no, not saying this year, but like last year, where he had a career year. He's. I think Devontae Smith would take that mantle from him, and I'm. I'm taking him. I'm taking him. I'm sorry. I'm taking Devontae Smith. I know Jamar Chase is a baller. No disrespect to Jamar Chase. He'll still be a top ten pick. No disrespect to him at all. But. Devontae Smith, you're the first wide receiver to win a Heisman since 91. Desmond freaking Howard. I'm excited to hear what he says. Uh, I haven't really heard a lot of Devontae Smith interviews this year. I've heard one interview from him. I'm excited to hear what he says tonight. I don't really care what the other ones. I think for story-wise, I think Kyle Trask would be the coolest story. 
but because Kyle Trask was a backup in high school, backup to Derek King, so it's no, not like a backup to some slouch like Kurt Warner at UNI. Like, oh, you're a backup quarterback at UNI. It's not like that. No one remembers who is uh, – some people do. I have the name in my head, but I can't remember what it is. It's not like that. He was the backup to Derek King, who will – minus the ACL tear, hopefully he comes back healthy. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch in college football. But Trask would be a really good story. Um, but, yeah, Devontae Smith, congratulations on winning the Heisman. And I'm seeing this on Twitter. Uh, CES Sports HQ, Dolphins GM Chris Greer, Greer says, Tua is the starter in Miami. No shit. You drafted him fifth overall last year. I would be shocked if he wasn't. I don't know why he needed that. I, there's going to be some people that will be out there that go, Ah, bench Tua. No. No. Do I think he should be in the running for Rookie of the Year? No, not at all. I think it's a two-horse race. Tua should be nowhere near that. But, yeah, it's... don't. They're not going to get rid of him. Not anytime soon. As long as that ownership's there, Tua are going to be there for a while. Unless he... Once you get to the fourth year, and you're trying to figure out if you want to give him that fifth-year extension or not, then I could see him leaving. But until then, I don't see Tua going anywhere. But that stupid quote he said, in like his second start... Saying, I thought this would be easy, or thought it'd be harder. Yeah. Karma's a bitch. And that's what you... I don't have no beef with Tua, other than he's the Miami Dolphins quarterback. I think Tua's a really good person. I love him and Jalen. I love how they work together in uh, Alabama. Feel bad for Jalen, but we're not going to talk about that too much. But, yeah, don't say stupid stuff like that. Same thing happened to Dabo. We ranked Ohio State 11th in the nation. I don't know if Ohio State cared a ton about that. It was obviously going to get talked about, but I think they cared more about they lost this team last year and probably should have beat them. But, yeah, that didn't affect... Like, don't say stupid stuff like that. Because once you say it, the internet does not forget. Once it gets put on the internet or gets spread through the media or whatever, it's over for you. If that don't work out, it's over. Like that stupid quote he said, you can't say that and throw three picks against the Bills backups, and then two of them on back-to-back throws. Dean Marlowe never had an interception in his NFL career. Had two in that game. Tua in that game. <laughs> I saw this on Instagram a few weeks ago. It was to Rod Taylor. Tua Rod Taylor. And I saw another quote. I was like, what is... I remember we talked about this just a while ago, I think. We talked about how the comparisons between him and Herbert. And Tua has the, the it factor. What is the it factor Tua has? I would love for people to explain it to me. I think he's accurate. He's decently mobile. Not incredibly mobile. Decently mobile. I think he's a good person. But you don't get it factors for being a good person. I'm sorry. That's not how it works. I'm sure. I don't know any NFL quarterbacks other than, you know, Reed. Me and Reed are like pretty. We're pretty close. Like best friends. I I would say best friends. But we're pretty close friends. But I would assume there's a fair share of dickhead quarterbacks in the NFL. I would be shocked if they were all very good down-to-earth people. Obviously, money changes people. You got the likes of Ryan Leaf doing that. Jamarcus Russell being another one. Uh, I I heard a story yesterday about Jamarcus Russell that for their rookie show thing, after he was done holding out, they made him do a rookie show, and he just threw out ones, like thousands of $1 bills. So... Money can change people. There's probably some dick. I don't think Tua is one. I love Tua. That was a stupid quote. Don't be saying stupid stuff like that. 
And as far as the other Alabama quarterback, we are going to talk about it a little bit. Uh, Jalen Hurts, obviously former Oklahoma and Bama quarterback. Great attitude. Love everything Jalen Hurts has done up until this point. Um, one of the best, uh, yeah, just best attitudes I've ever seen out of, an, out of a college quarterback ever. Love Jalen Hurts. But uh, the Dolph, the Eagles thing is obviously good. gets talked about a lot. Of the Eagles benching Jalen for Nate Sudfeld and then losing the game. To be honest, I went to bed. <laughs> I was tired. Uh, the Dolphins-Bills games dragged a lot out of me. I was bored. Like After the second quarter, I was pretty much bored the entire time because they benched Josh. Matt Barkley went in and still torched him. And the best part about it was it was still the Dolphins' starting defense. Byron Jones and Xavier Howard was still out there. And the Bills still torched him in the second half. That made it fun. But I got bored. I was like, this isn't even fun to watch. This sucks. Put Reed in and then I'll get excited. <laughs> but I went to bed right before that. Because I went on my phone. Obviously, when you go, I went to bed. Air quotes. Like, most people are, before you go to bed, you're on your phone. Either A, going on social media. B, watching YouTube, or C, doing something else that we're not going to talk about. <laughs> but I went to bed. I was exhausted. It was like 9.30 I went to bed. And I go on Twitter, and I saw their bench Jalen Hurts. I was like, what? Or Nate Sudfeld's in. That was the first two I saw. Nate Sudfeld's in at quarterback. Why? why? Why is he going in? So I looked it up. Jalen's not hurt. He just got benched. I feel bad for Jalen, first and foremost, because some be and. Doug Peterson, we've talked about this before, how him and Anthony Lynn, other than the Super Bowl year, are like exactly the same records. Anthony Lynn might have passed him at this point because of how bad the Eagles have been this year. He's got to try. He's trying to get fired. There's no way he's not trying to get fired. I don't care about the Giants being pissed off because if you want to be pissed off about the Eagles not winning a game against Washington, it's not important. You just win games. Logan Ryan had the best quote out of all of those stupid Giants players, like, oh, man, why didn't the Eagles win that game for us? Who cares? You guys should have won more games. You're in no position to complain about the Eagles doing that. You won six games. The Dolphins missed the playoffs with ten wins. You play, You won six. Oh, man, we should make the playoffs. Shut up. No, don't complain. You can be, I think the most NFL fans were annoyed or confused or whatever by the whole Jalen Hurts benching thing. 90% of us were. Because I saw that, I was like, what the hell? Why is he getting benched? And they haven't heard anything about it from the Eagles. I've heard Eagles players, Miles Sanders came up with a quote today. Obviously, players were upset because the players don't want to lose games. As a player, you don't go out there and go, let's lose this game, boys. Organizations lose games. Not the players. Because you're playing for your job. Mostly the coaches aren't either. But in this situation, Doug Peterson wanted to lose this game. For reasons unknown. You were either going to have the 6th or ninth draft pick. LOL. It's not a big deal if you won or lost that game. So why did you bench rookie quarterback Jalen Hurts like that? That was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Or seen. Seen on Twitter. Because I didn't see it again. Didn't see it live. And Twitter and fans in general have a right to be upset by that. The Giants players, <laughs> screw off. No, no, you guys don't get a right to be pissed off because you won six games. If you want to be mad about them not getting you into the playoffs, win more than six games. It's pretty simple. I think the Eagles are, st I think Doug Peterson's an idiot for doing that. 
Because it's not like you're going to get... Now, you could get an amazing player at 6, or you might get... Maybe this player you're targeting at 6 isn't going to be there at 9. But if you're... As, as I know, the Eagles, it doesn't really matter how good the actual player is. We're going to draft someone way worse to go in front of them. Like, i.e. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, when you could draft D.K. Metcalf. And previously, Jalen Rager, when you could have had Justin Jefferson. And a video went viral, or not viral, but went around Twitter of the Vikings front office laughing at the Eagles for drafting Rager. I had the exact same reaction. I was doing the live draft analysis thing with my friend Tyler on Instagram Live during that. I was so confused. I had the Eagles drafting Jalen Rager, not before Justin Jefferson. (laughs) That was one of the most confusing things I've seen in a while. I was like, wait, what? What are they doing? Trade back if you want to get Jalen Rager. You don't draft him before Justin Jefferson. And that's what Tyreek Hill's done. Changed the game. So you get those players, everyone's like, Henry Ruggs, I'm pretty sure it was third or fourth on the Alabama receiving yard. Might have been fourth in Alabama receiving yards. And he was the first wide receiver taken because he's fast. He hadn't dropped the ball either, which was a very big mark for him. Jalen Rager, watching him remind me of the guy they just got rid of, Nelson Aguilar. So why did you go out and get... Nelson Aguilar 2.0 when you have an actual dominant wide receiver there. It is annoying that Justin Jefferson had to run what it what was a sub 4 5 40 to get drafted in the first round. How many times do we see wide receivers run? Obviously you have Verts, but they're rarely running 40 yards in a straight line. And they're not doing it without any pads on. They're doing it with pads on. There's a difference between football speed and straight line track speed, and that's the difference between the 40-yard dash and an actual route. I don't know what they watched. We made fun of this a few weeks ago. I don't know what the Eagles watched. What did the Eagles watch when they said, you know what, we're going to draft a worse wide receiver over Justin Jefferson? That's a good, good draft strategy. Great draft strategy. And, man, the Eagles are... Whoever they draft... I don't know what position they're going to draft, either wide receiver, linebacker. I don't know. They're, we'll talk about that more on Friday. But Doug Peterson has to be trying to get fired. There's no way he's not trying to. Because it was still a game. If it was like a double-digit loss, or you're losing by double digits, fair. You're losing by three. You're losing 14 to 17. We're going to get blown out at all. I know Jalen was 7 for 20, but he scored both the touchdowns. You tell me you think Nate Sudfeld's going to do better than Jalen Hurts against Washington? Again, I don't care about the Giants being pissed off. I could care less about the Giants' morale and what they're dealing with. And oh, we, we got screwed out of the playoffs because of the Eagles. If you really feel that, I'm sorry. You're like, man, the Eagles really screwed the Giants there. The six-win Giants really got screwed out of missing the playoffs, man. I feel really bad. For the New York Giants. Then you can do the same thing at the Giants kid. <laughs> Go screw off. Because that's stupid. Now the moment we've all been waiting for. Obviously talking about the NFL. Talking about some players here. We will talk about the trophies. Or awards in a little bit as well. Do we want to do that now? No I gotta pull. I don't have my award predictions do I? I gotta try and find my award predictions. But regardless. Let's go over the record prediction thing. I'll try and pull up the the actual sheet that I had 
hold on. I'm actually going to find this now because I'm I'm going to be it's I'm I'm going to be typing. So okay, I found it. But the main thing we want to talk about here is the NFL record predictions. I'm not a fan of them, to be honest. Oh jeez, I had tasty tacos for lunch and it started coming up. My ow, kind of hurts. I don't like it. Ugh, the salsa came up my throat. Ah, burn my, my, my neck. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, these are really bad. I do not enjoy doing this when I'm... I, I enjoy making fun of myself, but, man, I do not enjoy these records right now. Do we have the awards at the bottom of this paper? Because if I don't, it's going to kind of screw up with everything that I want to do. We have the playoff? Okay, yeah, we have the awards and stuff. Alrighty, let's just get into this. Let's get it over with. That's the coach's thing. I don't even have the right thing pulled up. Hold on. We're going to take a little bit longer. Wait, no, I have the list. I guess I don't have the actual whatever. Yeah, okay. Now we're ro we're rolling now. We're cooking with gas. We're ready to go. So I put this on a grading scale like a A, B, C, D, F thing. I went through and marked how many greens, yellows, and oranges I had and then gave myself a grade. We're going to get revealed a grade after we're done talking about each team and why I thought the way I did. So the Baltimore Ravens are the first one. I am going 13-3. and three. They went 11-5. and five. I said this in the record predictions video that whoever wins the Ravens-Chiefs game will go 13-3. and three. Whoever loses will go 12-4. and four. In that prediction, I had the Ravens winning. So if I didn't have the Ravens winning, the Ravens would be 12-4, and four, and I would have put them in the green. The Chiefs would be 13 and 3, and I'd put them in the green. But the sad part is the Chiefs went 12. I had them going 12 and 4. They went 14 and 2. So that's two off, so I don't get a green mark there. But I don't think it would have changed anything in regards to the other predictions. But uh, they hit that COVID really bad. Uh, Lamar was out for a few games, which sucked for them. Yeah, they didn't really hit their stride till late in the season either, which really hurt my prediction as well. Yeah, probably should have. Man, this one was tough. I, they didn't play good against the Chiefs, should have beaten the Steelers, and then they had three games in a row. They lost the Titans in overtime, lost the Steelers with backups on, what was it, Wednesday? What day was that game? It was when I was coming back from Omaha. I don't remember what day it was, though. Lost to the Patriots when they really shouldn't have in terrible weather conditions, if I remember that correctly. So there's just a lot of games they should have had. But then they came back, beat the Cowboys, Browns, Jags, Giants, Bengals. So, you know... Four out of the five teams that didn't make the playoffs. But they still got the wins regardless. That's all that matters. All that matters is you get the dubs. But, yeah, 11-5, uh, 13-3, they've got Calais Campbell, in the, Calais Campbell in the offseason, Patrick Queen. I thought they made some good additions. I thought that that would keep them around what they were last year, but it didn't. 11-5, though, it's not bad. I got a yellow there. Cincinnati, 4-12, they went 4-11-1. Count this as a dub. Uh, Joe Burrow's out. For most of the season. And I thought after he got hurt, they wouldn't win another game. Turns out they won two more games. Ryan Finley beat the Steelers doing that. And Brandon Allen, I think, won the other one against the Texans. Like, fair play to those two. But I didn't think they, I honestly didn't think they'd win a game after Burrow got hurt. But that got me close to my prediction. So, thank you. Yes, 4-11-1 uh, was a record. They tied the Eagles, obviously. Didn't really have extremely high expectations for them. But here we are, 4-12. Cleveland nine and seven, they went eleven and five. Uh, Pittsburgh ten and six, they went twelve and four. Game, two teams who I was two off. The NFC, AFC North, I did pretty well in. Uh, Steelers, 
they started off hot and then kind of sputtered towards the end. They lost to two teams below 500. And they lost to the Bills, got slaughtered by the Bills, even though the scoreline's a little, a little generous to them, even though they lost by 11. Should have lost to the Colts. They really should end the season on a five-game losing streak going into the playoffs. Really a six-game, because they should have lost the Ravens, too. So they really should have been 10-6. and six. Uh, Big Ben did about what I thought. He, I don't know. They dropped a lot of passes this year. The, the thing that held them out of the playoffs last year was the lack of a quarterback. They had going with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. It's a really bad combination to win games. So I thought Big Ben would get them to the playoffs, but their defense kept them around 8-8, eight 9-7. Eight, I thought 10-6 and six was fair. They went 12-4. and four. Cleveland, I had them in the playoffs. 9-7, I think that's fair. I saw this yesterday. Not a single team in the NFL went 9-7. and seven. Isn't that crazy? It's kind of ridiculous to think about. But yes, uh, I don't think I don't think those are too off. Nine wins for the Browns, ten for the Steelers. Kevin Stefanski, coach of the year candidate. Mike Tomlin, same thing. But neither one of them won. We'll talk about the coach of the year winner later. Next one, Houston. This was one of the bad ones. Nine and seven. They went four and twelve. That is a minus five differential right there. One of the worst in my. I don't know why I put minus three there as minus five. Y- yeah. Bad prediction. Bad. I didn't think they were... A, a lot of people were thinking they'd win the division. I didn't think that. But 4-12, and 12, that's a lot worse than I was thinking they would be. I, I thought they'd fire Bill O'Brien at some point, but I didn't think they'd get that bad. I didn't think losing John Andre Hopkins would hurt that bad. Brandon Cooks had a good year when healthy. Kyle Fuller, same thing, until he got suspended. Yeah, this one kind of surprised me how bad they were, but they have Deshaun Watson, so futures... Pretty bright. It's still bright. Colts 8-8. Eight eight, went 11-5. Defense was pretty much lights out all year. Jonathan Taylor kicked in in the high gear at the end of the year, especially in Jaguars last game. Phil did about what I expected from Phil. It was a typical Phil Rivers year. But yeah, 11-5, a little better than what I thought they'd be. I had him teetering around 9-7, 8-8, and seven, eight and eight, somewhere around there. I finished with the 8-8. Eight eight. Jacksonville 2-14. and 14. This was one that I would have gotten 100% right. I am 1-15 before I change my predictions. But it still goes in the green because it's one off. They <laughs> surprised me when they beat the Colts week one. That shocked everybody. So when I saw they, that, I was like, oh, crap. They might win more games. Ah, they didn't. They won no more games after that. And they'll get Trevor Lawrence. So the prediction stands. We said that they'd get Trevor Lawrence. They're getting him. Titans 10 and 6, they went 11 and 5. Broke the curse on the 9 and 7 teams. I think that was four straight years of 9 and 7. 10 and 6, 11 and 5, same thing. Mike Vrabel seems to be a very good head coach. They got a system that works. Derrick Henry, 2,000 yard rusher. Congratulations to him. You might be looking at your offensive player of the year from the Titans. Uh, AFC East, I had Buffalo going 11 and 5. They went 13 and 3. Shoo! I think that goes down to. Uh, for my prediction, I had them losing. Two games I had them losing were to the Patriots and the Niners. I didn't have them losing the Cardinals. I had them losing. So my losses to the Bills were Titans, Chiefs, Seahawks, Niners, and the second Patriots game. Second Patriots game, they blew them out of the freaking water. Destroyed them. Dismantled them on national TV, on ESPN. And Niners, same thing. That game wasn't as close as that scoreline says. They are awesome. This team is awesome. This is the best team of my lifetime. They're, Josh Allen is a legit MVP candidate. I said that back in June. 
which I'm still upset about because I never placed any money on it because I was too lazy to drive my sorry butt up to Prairie Meadows and open a William Hill account and place a $10 bet on Josh Allen. Do I think he'll win it? I hope so. Do I think he will? <sighs> Probably not. Do I think he deserves it? Yeah, 100%. I don't think whoever wins the MVP between Josh and Aaron Rodgers, I think everybody, I don't think anybody can really complain about it. Except Aaron. I bet Aaron will complain about it. But, like, if you look at touchdowns responsible for, for their team, Josh is responsible for more touchdowns than Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers got Devontae Adams, and Josh has Diggs. And Cole Beasley, the two best, the best wide receiver tandem in the NFL. But Josh Allen accounted for 85%, almost 86% of the Bills' touchdowns. Rodgers, 79, almost 80% of the Packers' touchdowns. In 2020, which QB finished top five in the NFL in all the completion percentage? Passing yards, passing touchdowns, passing first downs, pass yards per attempt, passer rating, and QBR? Josh Allen. That's it. No one else is that is in there. So I think the fact that we're not... I know there's people on Twitter talking about it, and there's some in the national media talking about it. He, honestly, for what they did... The Packers went 13-3 last year. They had no drop-off from the season prior. They went 13-3 last year, went 13-3 this year. Josh, when everybody expected the Bills to have a down year, broke the curse of the AFC East. They've now won an AFC East title more recently than the Colts, which wasn't the case until this year. They're number two seed in the NFL, in the AFC, I should say. They're the highest score. I think they're the highest scoring offensive team in the NFL, if I remember correctly. You took Aaron Rodgers and Josh. I know everybody say, oh, you took Aaron Rodgers out of the Packers. They would suck. Then you took Josh Allen out of the Bills. The one game, the one play he missed against the, San- the LA Chargers, Matt Barkley got sacked, and he almost snapped his leg. He probably should have stayed out, but came back in. Yeah, Josh deserves the MVP. I know he's probably not going to get it, but he deserves it. He really does deserve it this year. Aaron Rodgers has a running game. Josh Allen has no running game. Josh Allen has more rushing touchdowns than his running backs combined. He has more rushing touchdowns than the entire team combined. I should say that. Aaron Rodgers has Aaron Jones, has Jamal Williams, has A.J. Dillon, who had a three-touchdown game earlier this year. Aaron Jones, fourth in the league in rushing yards. Devontae Adams, fifth in the league in receiving yards. Now, Diggs obviously led the league in receiving. But the Bills have no rushing game. Packers O-line is better than the Bills. Other than Diggs, most of the season, John Brown was hurt. Cole Beasley's been injured a lot this year. I know he's played most of the season, but... Tight ends, Robert Tanyan's better than Dawson Knox. That ain't really close. I think this is to get talked about a little bit. It should be a lot closer than what people are giving it credit for. I think Josh actually deserves to win the MVP this year. I know he pro- again. I'll practice this. I know he probably won't, but I think he definitely deserves it. Uh, Miami six and ten. They went ten and six. Thought they'd be a year out. They went ten and six. Defense balled out. Patriots seven and nine or nine and seven. I or they went seven and nine. Yeah, I teetered around the eight and eight, nine and seven era area. I went seven and nine. Jets four and twelve was my prediction. They went two and fourteen. I felt bad for putting the Jets at three and thirteen, <laughs> so I moved it to four and twelve. So, 
Man, I remember going into the season, people actually said that they would win the AFC East. What the hell were you watching the season prior? I get the whole, they won, what, six out of the last eight games or whatever it was, against the easiest strength of schedule in the NFL while also losing to the winless Bengals and the winless Dolphins along the way. Let's, I don't get what the hype was before the season. We made fun of those predictions the entire offseason and made fun of them all season long. We made fun of that dude who actually posted on Instagram the New York Jets would go 11-5. and What made you think they would go 11-5? and Their lack of receivers? The opt-out of C.J. Mosley? The trade of Jamal Adams? The lack of any semblance of a defense? Adam Gase? Other than Mekhi Becton, the offensive line? What made you excited for this Jet season? I'm confused. It's confused me all season. It confused me all offseason. It confused me now. I felt bad for 3-13, and 13, so I moved it one game. <laughs> they went 2-14 they and, and were so close to the perfect season. But then the Rams came to town. Actually, the Jets went to Los Angeles and beat the Rams there. And then beat the Browns. So I said in the preview <clears throat> that Browns and Jets, or Browns and Bears exist. The Jaguars played both of them. That's why I didn't say the Jaguars would go on 16. Because those two teams exist. In the alternate universe, the Browns <laughs> lost to the Jets, keeping the Jets out of the number one pick. So, you know what? That that was awesome. That was awesome. Uh, AFC West Denver, I said 9-7. They went 5-11. and 11. Uh, Offense sucked. Uh, injuries, a lot of the season. Dr- Drew Locke just wasn't as good as what we thought. They went a game without an actual quarterback on their roster. They had a few games. They just didn't look good. They just, there's nothing really to write home about, about the Broncos. That's it. They uh, lost Cortland Sutton earlier in the year, which sucked for them. Yeah. There's really not a lot to talk about. John Elway gave up GM job. So, so <laughs> Broncos fans have something to cheer about. <laughs> they said Drew Locke's their quarterback. Uh, yeah, they didn't look great. They didn't look great. I said 9-7 went 5-11. Chiefs, we already talked about them. 12 and 4, they went 14 and 2. Not surprised. Move on. Vegas, I said 6 and 10, they went 8 and 8. It's a two game miss right there. They were better than what I thought, I guess. The Chargers, they went 7 and 9. I had them 8 and 8. Chargers were, if they didn't, they blew, what was the thing? They blew four straight games with a 16 point lead or something like that. I got to find that stat. Yeah. According to Elias Sports, the Chargers this season became the first team in NFL history to lose a 16-point lead in four straight games. The only team in NFL history to do that. Again, this is why we're not surprised any coach got fired. Chargers have a lot of potential. They have a lot of good players on offense, a lot of good players on defense. Health is a big factor on defense. An actual game plan is the part on offense. Like Melvin Ingram needs to stay healthy. Derwin James needs to stay healthy. Casey Hayward did not have a good year this year, to put it lightly. He's one of the most underrated corners, but he stunk this year. Desmond King got traded halfway through the year to the Titans. Like, there was a lot of things that went wrong, but the fact they went 7-9, they won their last four games, not against, like, the greatest teams of all time, but, yeah, 7-9, finished 8-8, eight eight. thought that'd be fair for them. NFC, Bears, they said 6-10, they went 8-8, eight eight. I think it's fair. If they didn't bench Trubisky, they could be better. I think that, honestly, I think the Bears would be better if they kept Trubisky in. In hindsight, I don't. The timing when they benched him was weird, anyways. But 
yeah, he played really well towards the back half of the season. Lions have said four and twelve. They went five and eleven. Not like not thinking about that one too much. Packers have said ten and six. They went three and thirteen. It was mostly because of the Packers. I didn't like the fact they didn't get Rogers number wide receiver and the fact they went after running back. But AJ Dillon played well in this limited time he played. Uh, Jordan Love, I don't even think dressed all year, but you know, <laughs> I'll tip my hat to them. Packers are good. Aaron Rodgers still good. I didn't doubt Aaron Rodgers. Mostly just doubting the rest of his team. They balled out again. Vikings uh, minus four. I had them going eleven and five. That one hurt. That one hurt. I loved the draft, and I still love the draft the Vikings had. Getting the likes of Jefferson, Gladney, Dantzler, Cleveland. I like all those players, but they're young. That's the problem. They battled a lot of injuries on defense. Their defense sucked this year because they got so many injuries. They traded Yannick Ngakwe like week four, something like that. Daniel Hunter was on IR all year. Uh, Eric Kendricks was on IR all year, I believe. Anthony Barr was hurt a lot. Cam Dantzler got taken off in a stretcher. It felt like every other game. I don't know what was going on with that, but he had a good rookie year other than that. Offense, Diggs looked, or not Diggs, uh, Jefferson looked good. Dalvin Cook looked good. Thielen looked good. O-line sucked. So yeah, I probably should have gone a little bit harder on the Vikings in 11. I, I just bought in on the draft. I like their future, though. like the future. NFC South, Falcons, I said 7-9, they went 4-12. Everybody was so high on the Falcons to start of the year. I was really confused on why everybody was so high on them. It confused the hell out of me. I don't, I didn't get it. I didn't really get it. So we put seven and nine, and they went worse than that. Their defense sucks. I think every. I don't know why everybody was going like, oh, look how good their offense is. They can't stop anybody. They can't even stop air. Which no one can stop air. I don't know why I said. <laughs> if the air was throwing a football, I would give them a better chance to win than the Falcons. Panthers 4-12, they went 5-11. I think that's fair. I think I was very fair with the Panthers thing. Teddy Bridgewater's not the answer. We knew that going into the season. They drafted all defensive players. They knew their weakness, and they addressed it. Still wasn't great, but McCaffrey being out all year didn't help. Mike Davis had a good year, though. I think he ran for over 1,000 yards. But, yeah, that's pretty. New Orleans 11-5, they went 12-4. Yeah, not really. If I'm one away, I'm not really going to talk about that much because it pretty much went how I thought. Buccaneers went 11 and five. I had nine and seven. Again, two off. Did better than I thought. I thought it'd be hard to get all these different pieces to mesh together the way they did with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, AB. Now AB didn't come into the fray at that time when I made the prediction, but Gronk, OJ Howard. The iffy defense, the rush defense was lights out. The rest of their defense kind of, if they have good players on defense, Antoine Winfield Jr. is going to be up for Rookie of the Year. Devin White's still there, really good player. They have good pieces. I just didn't know. I thought I brought up uh, the Lakers when they got Shaq, or uh, Dwight Howard and Steve Nash. That's what it reminded me of. LeSean McCoy, Leonard Fournette. It was like, just just bringing in a bunch of names. I don't really know how good they'll be together, but Tom Brady is the GOAT for a reason. He's going to make them a better team. 9-7, they win 11-5. I'll take that. NFC East. I think everybody got everything wrong in the NFC East. I'm not even going to talk about it too much. Uh, Dallas, they went 6-10 out of 10-6. New York Giants, 3-13 was my prediction. They went 6-10. Eagles, had them going 9-7. They went 4-11-1. And the Washington football team went 7-9-3-13. They were another team. I had them going 5-11. I changed it. So I was like, oh, their defense is super good. They're going to be super young. Their D-line's all first-rounders. 
Love their D-line. They really like their defense. Ron Rivera, Jack Del Rio, it's going to be a solid defense. But it's like, their offense sucks. <laughs> and it shows, it, Dwayne Haskins, obviously we haven't done a show in a while. He got cut. I don't know if you're sleeping under a rock or something, but he got cut. This shows how bad he was when you see Alex Smith coming off of almost dying to carry this team to a football, to carry them to the playoffs on offense because their offense stunk last year and the entire time Dwayne Haskins was a starting quarterback. Dwayne Haskins, I don't know where he'll go. And I remember, again, this is the stupid quote thing. The NFL done messed up. Yeah, the Washington football team done messed up because they drafted you. Well, coming in on one year of experience in college is always a iffy thing. But then you do stupid stuff like going to the strip club, throwing out, making it rain, getting your cavity stripped away, getting cut, stuff, stupid stuff, get you cut. He wasn't mature enough to be an NFL quarterback yet. Maybe he'll get that in the future. If not, I don't know where I'll go. I really don't know where I'll go, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that division. NFC West. Arizona said 7-9, they went 8-8. Eight eight. Take that. They really should have gone 7-9. The Bills really should have gone 14-2. and two. If we're being honest, Hail Mary play. Yeah, they really have got, I got that 100%. LA Rams, I had 7-9, they went 10-6. The season prediction thing, the one I did previously, had them both going 8-8. Eight eight, Rams and the Seahawks. Or Rams and the Cardinals. That one, and I had the 49ers winning one less game too at 12-4. So they went 13-3. That was by far the worst one. Minus 7. Uh, that Jets game, that screwed up my entire prediction. <laughs> that, that took out, like, all of their good players. Nick Bosa being the, the biggest one. George Kittle was out for most of the year. Jimmy G was out for most of the year. Eric Armstead, I'm pretty sure, was out for most of the year. I could be wrong about that. I just feel like everybody got hurt. Every good player they ever had got hurt in that game. Mike McGlinchey might have got hurt. I don't know. They just felt like everybody got hurt. I thought they made improvements, got Trent Williams, got Javon Kinlaw. Obviously not an improvement on DeForest Buckner, but cheaper version of DeForest Buckner. I didn't think Jimmy G would be as injured as he was this year. And he was. He got hurt a lot. So that'll make the best ability is availability. That's one of the most famous quotes in the NFL. And he cannot stay healthy. Good lord. There's so much better team when he's healthy, but he can't stay healthy. That's his biggest flaw, and that will hurt him this offseason. Whether he's the 49ers quarterback or not, we'll talk about that probably tomorrow. And then Seattle got 100% right, 12-4. and four. Bang. So if we look at that, I had 9 in the green and 10 in the yellow, 13 in the orange. So obviously I'm going to take wins in the yellow. I'm going to count those as dubs. So I got 19 right or almost right. So... 19 divided by 32 is 59.375 whatever. So I rounded up to 59.4. That's an F. We failed this prediction thing this year. We failed it. Straight up, we failed it. Not good at all. Terrible. Terrible prediction thing. Uh, F. This is a bad one. I... I'm not proud of this predictions this year. <laughs> and that's even if I added in the yellow ones. If I added in just the green, which was nine, we're still getting, we're getting a worse green. <laughs> oh, that's bad. But if we look at, like, the season awards, we are in the running for all of these things. Minus Offensive Player of the Year and Offensive Rookie of the Year because they both got hurt. MVP, 
I have a Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to win it. It's going to be Rodgers or Josh. But he's in, he's going to finish third. Offensive player of the year, I had Christian McCaffrey. Been hurt the entire season pretty much. Derrick Henry's going to win that. Defensive player of the year, Miles Garrett. He's in the running for that. TJ Watt will probably win it. I think Xavier Howard has more of a stake in it this year than Miles Garrett does because he's, what is it, the first corner to have 10-plus interceptions in a season since Antonio Cromartie in 07. I think he's going to have some – he's going to put a state, put his name in there. Uh, off to rookie of the year, Joe Burrow got hurt. It's going to go to Justin Herbert. Justin Jefferson obviously is going to get talked about, and rightfully so, balled out. But it's going to be Herbert. He's set so many records passing for a rookie quarterback. Justin Jefferson broke the rookie receiving record. Nothing else. Justin Herbert broke, like, all of the rookie passing records. If we look at all the records he broke – uh, rookie records, total touchdowns, 36, passing touchdowns, 31, completions, 396, 300-yard passing games, 8, multi-passing touchdown games, 10, 3 TD passing games, 6. He's the first rookie quarterback ever to have 30-plus touchdowns in a season. The record was previously held by Baker Mayfield, and I think he had 26-27. It's not going to be close. I respect Justin Jefferson. I love him as a player, but it's going to go to the quarterback. I'm sorry. It always, it usually always does. And when you only – no disrespect to Justin Jefferson. I can't stress that enough. He finished in the top five receiving yards this year. Can't stress that enough. 1,400 yards is nothing to sniff at. But it's going to go to Herbert. I'm sorry. Defensive player, rookie of the year, Chase Young. He should win that. And coach of the year, Sean McDermott. He should win that. All of those guys, if Joe Burrow and Christian McCaffrey are healthy, I think are in the running for those awards. So this is probably the best award predictions I've ever had. In regards to the MVP, all the different awards. This is the best one I've ever had. Easily. I'm very proud of that stuff. And if we look at the playoff predictions, obviously those are taking place Saturday. I had Pittsburgh against Tennessee. New England versus Buffalo. Cleveland against Kansas City. So I got every team in the playoffs right minus New England. The other team would be the Indianapolis Colts. I had Baltimore as the one seed. Because again, 13-3. Or 12-4 and four between the Chiefs-Ravens game. I said that about a thousand times. <laughs> and I had the Baltimore Ravens going to the Super Bowl. For the NFC, I had Dallas winning the West, or winning the East. Minnesota and New Orleans, and then San Fran winning the West. Ugh, that's all wrong. Green Bay and Philadelphia were the other two wildcard teams. So out of that, one, two, three teams from that. Out of the seven in the NFC made the playoffs. I was good on the teams in the AFC. NFC, nowhere close. Nowhere close. And the Super Bowl, 49ers can't make it. I had the Ravens winning it, but 49ers cannot go to the Super Bowl. Ravens are coming into the playoffs hot. And momentum is everything coming into the playoffs. Everything. And we're a little over time now. We're at a dollar five. <laughs> we're at an hour and five minutes right now talking about this. But I want to talk about this a little bit because some coaches might get hired before the next show. So... I want to do the coaching hiring thing. I'm not going to talk about the quarterback thing yet. We'll do that on Friday. Because we're going to do the mock draft thing. The top 18 teams in the draft. And we'll do which teams have which quarterbacks. Because not every team is going to draft a quarterback. But quarterbacks will be on the move. Not every quarterback will be in the same spot they are this year. We can almost guarantee that. At least some quarterbacks won't be. So with teams losing their coaches. We had Houston, Jacksonville, New York Jets, LA Chargers, Detroit, and Atlanta. Well, out of those teams, Atlanta, all of them fired their head coach. But, like, 
Raheem Morris, Daryl Bevel, Romeo Cornell. I would seriously doubt that any of them get their job back, right? Neither one, none of them are getting their job back, right? So and I think this is a maybe. This one might happen later. And Zach Taylor in Cincinnati. I don't think Zach Taylor will either get fired or do I? I don't think he should be fired. I don't think he should be fired, and I don't. He shouldn't. He just shouldn't be fired. But he might be because he hasn't had great success at Cincinnati. But you can put that down to Mike Brown and building that team, whatever you want to call team. They have a fifth pick in the draft. Uh, they play tough. They play like the classic Cincinnati teams under Marvin Lewis, but it's a lot less talented. They got a quarterback. They got a running back who was hurt. Both their quarterback and running back were hurt all year. Joe Mixon was hurt like the last eight weeks of the season, it felt like. They're going to get an offensive lineman in this draft, which will help Burrow keep him alive. Are they going to lose A.J. Green? Time will tell, but they can replace him in the draft as well. There's some good wide receivers in this draft. Good old lineman as well. But uh, if he leaves or gets fired, the obvious candidate is Joe Brady from the Carolina Panthers. If Zach Taylor gets fired, and I don't think he should, but if he does, Joe Brady will be the guy hired. Why? He was the guy that worked with Joe Burrow down at LSU. He was LSU's pass game coordinator slash offense coordinator. They're like a perfect match. That's, if, if Zach Taylor gets fired, it will be Joe Brady. I'm saying lock that in. It will happen if Zach Taylor is to be fired. Uh, next one, Houston. Romeo Cornell's like 100 years old. He's not going to get that job back. <laughs> I'm surprised he was on the sideline this year because of how old he is. I think they get Eric Bieniemy, the former Kansas City Chief Officer Coordinator. He's, well, technically he still is, but he's going to be a head coach. He's probably he's in the top three of most likely candidates to be a head coach this year. And Houston has a similar style quarterback to that of Patrick Mahomes with Deshaun Watson. They were drafted the same year. They can do very similar things with the football. Mobility-wise, Deshaun Watson's more mobile. But Deshaun, I love Deshaun. Deshaun is one of my favorite quarterbacks in the NFL. Led the league in passing yards this year. If they get Deshaun some help, which they're not going to be able to in the first round because <laughs> dickhead Bill O'Brien <laughs> traded away their first-round pick for Laramie Tunsil. So now the Dolphins have the third overall pick. Don't hate the player, hate the game, Texans fans. But I think Eric Bieniemy and Deshaun Watson will work miracles together down in Houston. I think that'd be awesome. Other places I could see Eric Bieniemy going, Chargers. Eric Bieniemy used to play there. He was a running back for the Chargers. I think that's a very logical place to go for him. And obviously, taking a guy out from your division over to your team always makes you feel good. Because he going to the Jets as well. Very good off to my work with Andy Reid. Uh, I think that would be a very good spot for him. But I think Houston fits what he wants to do best. I think they can do a lot of great stuff down there in Houston, him and Deshaun Watson. Jacksonville, Doug Marone, gone, thankfully. <laughs> actually, no. Doug Marone, we'll talk, actually, no, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Urban Meyer. Apparently, this was a report, but it's pretty much been def- uh, deb- uh, what's it called? What, uh, debunked, I guess. It's been called not true. He was asking for $12 million, what it said. That apparently that's not true. And apparently, if they don't get him, they want Ryan Day. So they're just trying to get an Ohio State guy, pretty much. Either Urban Meyer or Ryan Day. Ryan Day, I don't see leaving Ohio State anytime soon. Maybe he does. Maybe I could be wrong. But, yeah. 
Urban Meyer has been linked very heavily with that. He seems to be the only one they're talking to. I could be wrong. I might have missed something. But I think Urban Meyer is going to be a Jacksonville Jaguar come this offseason. New York Jets. Here we go. So they fired Adam Gase. Hiring Doug Marone. No, they're not. But <laughs> Doug, if you remember back, we've talked about Doug Marone a lot. He's a, one of the biggest dickheads in the NFL. Doug Marone was the head coach of the Bills for, what, two years? Bills got Kyle Orton that offseason. People forget Kyle Orton played in Buffalo. And Kyle Orton retired. Doug Marone sat on his high horse and pretty much called Kyle Orton. I didn't Pretty much. He called him a quitter. So he quit on the team, quit on all this stuff. Like, a week or two later, Doug Marone steps down as the Bills coach because the Jets just fired Rex Ryan. He thought he had a job lined up with the Jets. <laughs> and it turns out the Jets didn't want him as much as he thought because they went out and hired Todd Bulls instead. Doug Marone, instead of going to the job he thought he had lined up and nailed in and locked in that he was going to be a Jet, went down to Jacksonville and became their offensive line coach slash assistant head coach. <laughs> oh, Dougie. So why not, in a perfect world, Doug Marone goes back to the team he wanted to go to, the New York Jets. Wouldn't that be just be awesome? Doug Marone gets the job he always always wanted. The Bills, in turn, got Rex Ryan, and I wish that era never happened because that was a very bad era on offense and a defense. They fired freaking, uh, crap, the Ravens offense coordinator. Greg Roman. I was completely blanking on that. Uh, <laughs> look how well that's done. The Bills had Tyrod Taylor. You're telling me that Greg Roman couldn't have done that? What he's doing in Baltimore, Tyrod? Obviously a lot less mobile than Lamar, but can run. Oh, man, what a mess. They fired Greg Roman, but kept Rob Ryan as the defensive coordinator who historically has had some of the worst defenses in the NFL. Fired Jim Schwartz as well. So Jim Schwartz had the Bills as a top five defense consistently, and then they fired him because Rex is going to come in and save the defense, which he did not. Made it very much, very, very worse than what it was. But in all seriousness, I think the Jets either get Brian Dable, who has connections to the Jets, was a quarterback coach for the Jets for like a year or two, or Arthur Smith. I think Arthur Smith's the guy they go after. Arthur Smith, apparently, I was talking to my dad about this earlier today. He's head coach candidate number one for like most teams in the NFL. What he's done with the Tennessee Titans, building that offense around Derrick Henry, I think he's going to be one of the main head coaches available. I think he goes to the Jets. If I had to pick, I think him and the Jets could work. I could see him go. Now, you could flip around. Arthur Smith, Brian Dable, and Eric Bieniemy everywhere. I don't care. Just it, my gut tells me I think Arthur Smith will go to the Jets, Bieniemy to the Texans. But I could see Bieniemy going to the Chargers as well. But the Chargers fired Anthony Lynn, get Brian Dable. Brian Dable is going to be linked a lot with the New York Jets job. Obviously, have coaching experience there. Eric Bieniemy is going to be linked with the Chargers job. Obviously, played there. They inter- they're asking to interview Jason Garrett, which is weird. But if you want him, go ahead. Brian Dable and Tom Telesco, the GM of the Chargers, went to high school together in Buffalo, around the, around the Buffalo area. So if there were friends, it'd be weird not to go, this is a really good connection here. Brian Dable, if you're a head coaching candidate, 
you want to go to the trial. Out of all these places, obviously Jacksonville is going to be really, what do you want to call it, very attractive because of Trevor Lawrence, because of all the draft picks. No GM there either. So you have a new GM that gets to come in there as well. They're going to be very attractive. But the Chargers, as far as like talent already on the team, out of all these coaching jobs, that one's the best. If we're just talking about raw talent on a roster. Obviously the Falcons, offensively, got great talent. Defensively, like one of the worst historically in the NFL. Chargers have players. Herbert on offense, the quarterback. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. He's a free agent, but maybe they go after a different wide receiver this year. Then you got like some Hunter Henry's still there. Maybe not this offseason. Eckler, Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, still young, but has promise at times. The Trey Turner O-line. Uh, go out and get another off to tackle. Mike Pouncey, when he's healthy, he's one of the best centers of the NFL. And then defensively, you got Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, who had a down year and was injured a lot. Derwin James, when healthy, he's a first-team all-pro safety. You got talent on this Chargers team. The fact they went 7-9 is disrespectful. And the fact that the Bears made the playoffs, but the Chargers squeaked in in 7-9 is hard to believe. So, Brian Dable, with the relationship he built with Josh Allen, I would assume for the Bills, Ken Dorsey just elevates the offensive coordinator. If I had to guess, he's worked with Josh. He's been the quarterback's coach for the Bills for a while. For the past, like, two years, I think. I just said a while, like, two years is a long time. I think Brian Dable makes sense going to the Chargers. I think, I could also see it going, Dable to the Jets, the enemy to the Chargers, Arthur Smith to the Texans. I could see that happening, but... I think it would just go... All of them would stay in the division, too, which would be really funny. But I think out of the top three head coaching candidates, I think these three spots fit them best. That's Biennemi, Smith, Dable. I think all those fit very well. Detroit, Daryl Bevel, go after an experienced guy in Marvin Lewis, who's been down with Herman Edwards down in uh, Arizona State. Get him back. He's a very solid defensive coach. They need some sort of stability there for a little bit. I don't think Marvin Lewis is the greatest coach of all time. I, I called for him to be fired the year before he got fired because he couldn't win in the playoffs, which is something the Lions fired Jim Caldwell for because they couldn't get to the playoffs. They're tired of being average. The Lions complaining about being average. I know, crazy. Marvin Lewis would provide stability there on the defensive side and just the organization as a whole has been having problems for the last 60 years, it feels like. So I think that'd be a very stable choice there. Because they need a defensive guy, an experienced defensive guy. And Marvin Lewis is one of the most experienced head coaches available this offseason. He was 17 years the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. He would provide a lot of things the bank, the Detroit Lions need as far as a leader and defensive stability. And the last one, the Falcons. I'm going to go Robert Sala from the 49ers, defense coordinator. I could see him going to Detroit as well. I can see him and Marvin Lewis switching spots. But, which, are, ah, that might actually make more sense. Salah going to Detroit and then Marvin Lewis going to Atlanta. Either way, those two will go to either spot. I'm pretty confident saying that. But, I think Robert Salah would help. Similar to, uh, wow, what was his first name? Quinn. I'm blanking. Wow. I'm blanking. <laughs> Quinn. I don't know. I can't remember. Coming from the NFC West, defense coordinator for the Seahawks, he's a defense coordinator for the Niners. Come in, hopefully, provide some stability there for the C the Falcons' defense, which has had none 
since Bob Quinn, Bob Quinn, I can't remember. I'm I'm completely blanking. Took over. The defense sucked. He sucked. Now he's fired. GM's gone too. So it's a very interesting job there to take as GM as well. Uh, as far as GMs go, Lewis Riddick is probably the hottest name out there right now as far as GMs. I bet, I don't think he's really getting talked about, but Daniel Jeremiah is going to get talked about a lot. He's had experience in NFL front offices. He's a similar person as far as the draft goes to Mike Mayock. They do the same thing. He took over from Mayock as the head draft analysis at uh, NFL Network. He's gonna. He should get talked about a little more. He worked a lot in the Ravens organization as a scout. So... He's going to get talked about. I don't really know a lot of other GMs that are going to be available at this point in time. Uh, the Panthers are trying to build, interview the Bills assistant GM. Yeah, probably should never let Brandon Bean go. But <laughs> you know what? Thank you for him. Back to my predictions right now. So let's read over those again. Houston gets Eric Bieniemy. Jacksonville gets Urban Meyer. New York gets Adam Arthur Smith. Not Adam Gase, Arthur Smith. Uh, the Chargers get Brian Dable. Detroit gets Marvin Lewis or Robert Sala. Atlanta gets Robert Sala or Marvin Lewis. Obviously, you're going to have like Matt Eberflus, the Colts defense coordinator, be available. Jason Garrett's going to get talked about. Wink Martindale, Greg Roman. Um, Dennis Allen's going to get talked about a little bit. There's going to be a lot of people. Uh, Ryan Day. Who else? There's a lot of college coaches that get linked with these NFL jobs as well. Tom Herman, maybe. He got fired. Cliff Kingsbury got fired and took a... <laughs> Took a head coaching job in the NFL. Why can't anybody else? Yeah, there's going to be a lot. And if, if Ryan Day leaves, Matt Campbell, I think the only job Matt Campbell, Matt Campbell's going to get linked with a lot of NFL jobs. I saw him linked with the Jets. And my my gut feeling, Matt Campbell only leaves Iowa State for Ohio State. Only job he leaves. I don't think he cares about going to the NFL. He could. He very well could. He's one of the youngest coaches in college football. He's 41 years old. Just led Iowa State to the Fiesta Bowl. Congrats to them. I don't think he leaves Iowa State for the Jets. He doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. And I think he can make more money at Iowa State than with the New York Jets. And have a lot, build a lot better legacy with the Cyclones than the Jets. Now, as a person that doesn't really care for Iowa State, I'd, I'd like to see him leave. <laughs> now, to the Jets, no. I think the only job he would, again, the only job I think he'll take is Ohio State. If he leaves, that's if he leaves Iowa State, which I don't think he'll leave for a while. But he's going to get linked with the NFL jobs. Kirk Ferentz is linked with the NFL jobs a lot. He had a, he actually had an NFL experience with the Browns. But yeah, I don't know. And then and we didn't talk about, we talked about a little bit, but Cincinnati, again, if they fired Zach Taylor, it will be Joe Brady. That's my predictions right now. We'll go over the quarterback thing and the mock draft come Friday. So we are back. Good to be back. This is a longer show than usual, but we had to talk about the head coach thing because I didn't want to... If a hiring happened before the show came out, I was going to be very upset. It could still happen. It could come out before tomorrow, when this gets released Wednesday at like 11. It could happen before that. Could doubt it, but it could. So yeah, that's what I've got for you today. Hope you enjoyed the show. It's good to be back. Uh, I haven't done this in a while, so my throat's a little sore right now. <laughs> We're talking for an hour and 20 minutes. But yeah, hope you enjoy your day. Hope you enjoy the rest of the week. Congrats, Devontae Smith, for winning the Heisman. If you didn't, I'd be surprised. But also, if you didn't, Devontae, then congrats to Kyle Trash, Trevor Lawrence, or Mac Jones. Congrats to you guys. But yeah, have a great day. I'm excited for the playoffs come Saturday. Bills are playing the Colts at noon. That'll be an exciting game in Buffalo. Wish there, wish there was more than 6,700 fans there, but... 
you can take what you you can get what you take <laughs> or whatever you whatever the saying is but enjoy your rest of your day i will see you all later peace